doctor reading that law line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Welcome everyone, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a good stream today because I've got the powerful, powerful uh, Charles Rixey coming on, and um, I'm running, <laughs> it must be a crazy time if you're in the US, and I apologise for that because uh, most of my uh, viewers are US based, but uh, it is what it is, we're on marine time, and uh, we'll do our Best. So, uh, who do we see in the chat? I saw Punjabi Prepper, KSA, good to see you. Bruce Gustafson says, Barry Weiss kicked off Twitter files. When will he learn? Don't trust bells in the first place. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I've been uh, kicked off Twitter again. Um, it's nonstop. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I think I saw DJ in the chat as well. Uh, um, Oh, Alberto, good to see you. Perfect for, for Europe. Uh, okay, so let us uh, jump straight into this. Uh, I think it's just going to be a sort of free, free form flowing discussion based around the uh, Senate House report. So uh, let's do this. Of course, remind everyone, always be aware of covert moral bioenhancement. They are a cooming for you and your loved ones. So always always keep that in mind a couple of uh good uh <laughs> good um memes that just popped up caught my attention natural infections uh worse or vaccines worse um 
why can't both be bad? And, you know, don't get, don't get stuck in uh, binary thinking uh, around issues, especially complex biological ones or medical ones. And uh, this one was nice. Uh, swarms retain evolutionary advantage. Uh, who would have thought it? All right. So if you've wandered in here and wondering who I am, maybe you've uh, seen me live on Rumble on the test. Oh, and you know what? I think uh, the chat for Rumble is working today. Dink? No. <laughs> but it's coming through on the... Uh... No, so I've got one through. God, God damn it. So... Uh... So irritating. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Pins of M says, Oi, oi, Kev. Uh, oi, oi, back. And um, yes, I am a legit scientist. You can find all my stuff there. And now I seem to be part of the uh, tag resistance uh, fighting the, uh, the digital dystopia. They're going to try and ram down our throats at any moment the digital currencies are accuming the digital ghettos are already built they're just going to lock the gates and your 15 minute city will become a reality and uh, just to remind everyone um we have our oh Oh, I've missed, uh, missed the most important page. Just bear with me. We have our own streaming platform, of course, WTYL.live. Uh, you can watch the stream on there, or you can watch uh, a recording. Uh, it's very, very good uh, video on demand. Nice quality. And uh, I should remind everyone as well, McCannDojo.com uh, is the place to go um, if you want to support the stream and stay up to date with uh, ways to stay in touch with me and the channels as we get uh, hacked down by the uh, corporate <laughs> corporate overlords i say uh, fuck them keep going keep going because remember your government loves you and um and yes hooper in the rumble chat good to see you bro um let's do yeah i'm uh, about done so let me try and uh i should have probably done this before uh let's see if i can get charles on the line and whilst i'm uh doing that i will give a see he's online Meet the video and uh, we'll wait for him to jump in um, so where were we yesterday we did a little bit about Ukraine um, just I was scrolling through telegram today god damn that software I, I mean what they throw up there <laughs> and the uh the conditions on the ground lordy 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 i would uh i would not want to be there man we've uh we've got <laughs> a small window a small window in which to uh try to prevent the um well, uh, devolving I would say into that state and they they would love they would love to get us there right uh cannibalizing each other let's do this i see charles coming in let me switch off ba, 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 ba. do this sources and um, 
let's see. Sorry for channels. Do this. Dink. And do this. Charles, can you hear me, sir? <coughs> I can hear you. Oh, very good. Uh, are we going to be um, blessed by your video appearance or video probably not yeah okay um so led uh, uh, did you see the stream i did yesterday yes uh, uh, oh and can you hear me okay yeah 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 it's coming it's coming through good um just Perfect. if people can give any feedback in the chat if uh, the levels are good uh, i'd appreciate it um but uh yeah so you know the the topic of conversation obviously being the senate house committee report and well um what what was your what was your take and um let's let's launch from there uh, well ab above all i agree with you completely that what it does is it it focuses on China and Fauci and ignores everything else, which yes. is a problem because you and I both know that there's a whole lot more involved, mostly coming directly from the United States. And it's obvious that they're trying to limit the damage in that area as much as possible. Mm, yes. And uh -huh. I have I have like specific things as we go through but that's the general overall view that i have okay yeah you were breaking up a little bit there but i think the uh, overall um conclusion came through um it's uh, personally I, I it's it's not shocking to me that we would see this you know again it's uh how would you say uh, narrative control? Um, it, it's for me. It's just disappointing that in such unique times that we're seeing the same kind of um, partisan politics. Because at the, uh, I haven't touched on it, but the Democrats as well at, at the same time they also had a hearing, right? And in that one, it was all just Trump bad. Uh, we uh, uh, all the failings were due to his administration, etc. And again, missing big, uh, uh, big portions of the uh, the events as as they've happened. And well, the the Democrat version of they came out with their own version of this report and it was focused almost entirely on the intel community but from the point of the uh let's see I'm how best to think about it it was it was all about how the intel community can improve but nothing about the specific things that they did to aid in the cover-up. So basically, it was a worthless. It was a worthless document from the Democrats. The Republicans did hit several things. They even hit bioweapons, 
but they didn't at all talk about anything related to the United States, basically, except for Fauci. Um, and even well, they didn't that much. Uh, the, in, intelligent, to be fair, intelligence community as well, but it was very vague language. And, you know, where, where, where does this leave us going into 2023, supposedly when Republicans have control of the House? Um, what, what can we expect? Uh, I wish you could see me right now because I'm sitting in the car and I've got a, a beanie, a Bucky's Beaver beanie on. Which is staring at me in my rearview mirror, kind of awkward. But um, what can we expect? We can expect a lot, but what what I'm trying to figure out is like how much of the vaccine issues the Republicans are willing to dive into, because Senator Ron Johnson has devoted a lot of time to this, but. I'm interested to see how much more will will be pushed in that direction because most of that has come from the Senate, not from the House. And the House is obviously where the investigations are mostly going to take place. Right. So aside from the the problems with the report, the other half of this is will they actually hold people accountable and get to the bottom of the problems with the vaccines? And, you know, there's not there's no indication yet of anything, but that that's also because there's the Republicans aren't even actually in control yet. So um to be fair, um I, I pointed people to there was a discussion um hosted by Laura Loomer on Twitter yesterday that included now included Andrew Huff, um Robert Malone and Senator Ron Johnson, and to my really, I, I didn't know about that. Yeah, it was uh, a Twitter space. Yeah, yeah, hmm. uh, and it was. Uh, well, it's a, it 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 started off with the usual. Um, uh, what did you say? Platitudes around. Well, you, you know, they spoke a fair bit about vaccines, which was. Um, interesting in and of itself but um, what I've noticed and I think is important is and Senator Johnson was involved very much in this discussion is coming into the vernacular now is that we're, we're in a form of hybrid fifth generation warfare whatever you want to call it but well they were calling it fifth generation warfare and so this this idea that there is a uh, protagonist, a um, entity or groups groups who are using, and, and so they were constructing this around the Twitter file releases, and the what they were saying was that basically military grade psychological operations are being run through the social media platforms to target directly um individuals and 
for me, I'm like, okay, that's that's a sort of step in the right direction for trying to wrestle with the problem because you've got to define it first what it what it is that you're that you're dealing with and i i would put forward the premise that we're you know whatever angle that you're coming at it from be it um the virus itself the public health response and other political fallout etc um each one of those are ripe for um this type of weaponized information control and i was yeah it was it was encouraging i would say to to hear that um the question is how how far does it how far will it percolate was that a twitter space or yeah yeah, let me let me. Okay, uh, yeah, I need, I need to get the link to that because yeah, I need to hear that because that would be even from Senator Johnson, who, um, like I said, I've I've spoken to him, and he's very much aware of of a lot of bigger pressures and different actors trying to exploit what's been going on, and but it, it's it's definitely huge if he's going to be talking about it in public. Because I've not heard fifth-generation warfare from anybody except for, well, from anybody in Congress. So that's actually a very welcome sign. I agree mm, with you. Mm, um, but this this brings us to the uh, very, very thorny issue that the uh, um, the I don't know what I don't know what to call them the competence the protagonists whatever the uh, oppositional side is um, is in in the castle walls so to speak and um i'm just you know this this follows on from our last discussion the last one the last um time we spoke you know we got very very deep into what um what potentially could fall out in terms of a, a game theory perspective and um yeah, in in a in a way, I would say the the fuse has been lit. Hang on, I'm just uh, the fuse. The fuse has been lit, but diffuse has been ignored, and it was ignored in both reports. And from the Republican one, was surprising because that remains the best single piece of evidence that we have. Um, and. But yeah, when I went through the report and I realized that, I was like, holy shit, what, what, what are they arguing if not the fact that EcoHealth Alliance, because I mean, Diffuse, based on what they were trying to focus on, which is China, fits in perfectly. Mm. So I don't know why it wasn't discussed. All I know is that it wasn't. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but... Well, I... Again, the my view my view of the report was it it was limited. I think there's a um, you know that it, tactically the angle seems to be to shift blame towards China. Um, and they did say that the it, it's a declassified report, right? So we don't know the full 
the full report that's been circulated around uh, the the committee, and may, maybe there's uh, m more reference to it in that. So I'm not. I'm yeah agnostic as to the um, that that data point. Um, it, it would have been nice to see it, um, but. You know, again, are we in a situation where, you know, they're, they're for national security interests, they're going to do anything and everything to avoid pulling in elements of the DOD? And maybe that's maybe that's why it's not mentioned, that they'll hope it goes down the memory hole. Well, it's ironic because if, if on the one hand they're willing to talk about bioweapons, but they're not willing to talk about our bioweapons program, then that is ultimately a failure. We do not want to go that route because if, if we do, we will waste a golden opportunity because whether we like it or not, uh, the United States has a very direct role in all of this. So, I, you know, I don't want to, I guess, lay out tactics too much, but we don't have a choice. We have to make sure that that is a focus moving forward because if if we don't hold our own people accountable, then they will have won, to be honest. This is not just about China. And uh, hopefully, and we need to hold our, us accountable because that is also how... Dr. Fauci directly ties into this. So I don't know how they, I guess they would go after him for other things, but that would be stupid. And ultimately it would be, it would be a failure if we are not able to tie all this stuff together. Uh, I mean, my view, um, but you know, this is, this is this problem with dealing with these types of organizations. And, you know, the example I gave uh, yesterday, and you know, it's, I, I am very, very far from being an expert in it. But it's like the release of the JFK files. Um, you know, we've we've the American people have been promised full disclosure. I don't know. I, I think even Trump did it right. He, he said he was going to um, release everything, and it it doesn't. Little little bits and pieces. Yes, he he said he would, and then he's done nothing. So I'm I'm just wondering how much is going to be, um, again, try to be memory hold, um, isolate those of us who are speaking out, saying there's a much, much bigger problem because at, at some level they've sat round with their Dunkin' Donuts and coffee for a meeting, and said we can't we can't take the hit on our well national national security interests and um you know we might we might just be uh, you know they'll, they'll wrap us up in such a way that we can't we can't do anything uh, or, or again just speaking to very very small networks so we're preaching to the choir um, I, I definitely see that as being um, a possibility. 
Yeah, well, I, I'm tired of preaching to the choir. I think we've been doing that enough. And that's, that's kind of been my frustration right now is that in many ways we've, we've made a lot of gains and like the, the Twitter stuff is coming out about the censorship, but at the end of the day, we haven't really, we haven't really gotten to the origin piece. And in fact, the Twitter file release related to the origin has been delayed. And I've not really heard why that is. I just know that it, it keeps being delayed and it's been delayed for at least 10 days now. And National so security interests. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> well, I, but, but, uh, but that another thing that was in the report is the reason why, one of the main reasons why the fuse is so important is because it is proof that the intelligence community knows more than they were saying. But they, but they withheld that even from the classified version of the original report, of uh, the Biden report from last year, at least according to sources. But what do I know? Um, the sources are pretty good. And, and the bottom line is, is that they don't want to talk about that. And I, I like the way that the Republicans, like the questions that they raised. Because if you look at the report, they ask things about which experts did you use? Right. And that's important because they were obviously leaning on experts who were implicated in the cover-up. Yes. And I don't remember if I, I feel like I've, I know I told you privately, I don't know if we've discussed on your show, but obviously one of the things that, that hasn't really come out yet is the fact that Fauci sent some scientists when he was doing proximal origin or when they were doing proximal origin, he sent some of the authors out to the intelligence agencies to kind of set the narrative, to kind of give the scientific perspective, so to speak. So right from the very beginning, any, assuming that the CIA was like involved in the cover-up through USAID, the other intelligence agencies were fed bullshit from the same people that were writing proximal origin. So, yeah. and that hasn't really made it into the mainstream yet. Well, the the question is, uh, will it? Because, you know, it, it, again, from a sort of thirty thousand foot view, um, I don't, I don't see. Well, I see them changing course somewhat. That you know they're conceding a lab, you know, and often that they they'll use leak. Um, I don't, I don't think that's a appropriate term. Um, and they're, 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 this is what I think is going to happen. That they, they, they'll say yes, there was a problem with oh, we, we gave money to China, etc., and an accident has happened in the laboratory, and that they will carve off, uh, you know, what they can and the infrastructure involved in that, and say, and, and that becomes the. Uh, offering to the public to sort of satiate any um any anger and you know my the the frustration on my part is that um a lot of people will just uh, either not care or just say okay move on and um it's those of us who have 
invested a lot of time, put our necks on the line, who are just going to be left feeling, um, well, let down. Um, and and then when we get into the hypotheticals of what what happens then, and well, this this is one of the main reasons why my focus has been on <clears throat> on the proving the things or or uh, raising awareness about the things that we have proof of, and the most basic being that Fauci knew about the Fearing Cleavage site. He covered it up. He covered up the fact that it was in his vaccines. And by focusing on that, if the public understands that, then they are not going to let him get away. They're not going to let other people get away with this bullshit that they're trying to get away with. Because they'll realize that the real story behind this, if we didn't make it, is the fact that we responded intentionally in a terrible way. And and once the public understands that, they will demand to know why. And I think that is exactly what they're afraid of, is that, um, well, obviously, they don't want to be... The United States will never um, admit, more than likely, will never admit that they did this. I mean, that's something that, that Andrew Huff and I talked about with Kim.com, and I've heard him talk about with other people as well. And that's kind of frustrating, but we need to understand that almost certainly they're, they're, not, they're definitely not going to willingly do it because nobody wants to take any legal responsibility for the pandemic because that means some unprecedented reprisal. So, that, so that more than likely, no one is going to do that willingly. And so knowing that, we have to be, I guess, tactical about what we focus on. Um, but at the same time, I refuse to uh, accept some stupid compromise that allows most of this to be washed under the rug. Because the American public, well, the global public deserves to know, but also because this is in the biowarfare space, regardless of the intentions of, of, of what happened with the virus and when it was released or how or whatever, at the end of the day, this came about because of bioweapons research. <clears throat> and the biggest thing is that in bioweapons research, you always work on antidotes to your weapons. And we know for a fact that there were antidotes, or at least very effective, capable countermeasures that were not employed, even though they were known about. So that's a crime against humanity. Everything else aside, that's a crime against humanity. And there's several crimes against humanity here. And we must, we must have an accounting of those, or they will be worse because they will be happening again, and they will definitely be worse. Well, this this just sort of pulls us into, uh, you know, the we're dealing with a system that even, you know, over seventy years ago, was comfortable with a Operation Paperclip um, setup. 
right, where they would, again, for national security reasons, take some of the most heinous individuals and bring them into the scientific institutions. And, you know, the, if they would do that 70-odd years ago, um, I, I only imagine or I would predict that those systems are in place, more sophisticated, and, um, you, you know, it, it could account for why we see such a um, hubris in the individuals that we know are implicated in in all of this and in, in this crimes plural against humanity and you know they show they show no signs of stopping and i'll give you the perfect um example is um jeremy farrer moving from welcome trust to the world he uh, world health organization this is. Um, what, what did he move into? Uh, World Health, the WHO, the World Health Organization. Now, well, it, I, he he had been working with them off and on for like two decades before that. So mm. it's not like that's the most ridiculous thing. But um, I mean, it's not surprising at all. And he's definitely not. It's not like he's being punished or anything. They're simply shuffling people around. In fact, Fauci. If I remember correctly, I think he was, he actually was shifted around somehow to like, he took like an advisory position somewhere, but he's not completely gone. And neither is, um, uh, who else is it? Uh, Barney Graham, who's at Vaccine Research Center. He has retired, but he's doing something else now. Um, so, so there's a lot of shuffling around of the pieces but there's zero accountability yeah. and even zero interest in accountability so far. So even EcoHealth Alliance is still getting government money, right. taxpayer money from us. Right. But uh, so. I, I've, uh, hang on, let me, um, let me just find the, no, right. uh, the text, but uh, this, this was sent to me yesterday. So this is from uh, the spending bill that was pushed through was it yesterday? Day before yesterday. Um, it's it's just two, three short paragraphs. So section eight one three seven. None of the funds made available by this act may be used to support any activity conducted by or associated with the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Section eight one three eight. None of the funds made available by this act may be used to provide arms, training, or other assistance to the Azov Battalion just one of those things and then finally none of the funds appropriated or otherwise made available in this or any other act may be used to transfer release or assist in the transfer or release to or within the united states its territories or possessions khalid sheikh mohammed or any other detainee um presuming around um the 9-11 investigation so we've got this that's impressive <laughs> yeah. they literally named khalid sheikh mohammed yes that's interesting. <laughs> and uh, so, it, it, in in effect, what we see so with the with the shuffling, and with this uh, short little bit of text, 
it shows that at a, a high enough level, they they know they've got to be making um, arrangements for obfuscation and for being able to say to the public, "Oh, look, we've um, uh, we've stopped anything and everything to do with all these." Uh, what you what they've what they designated conspiracy theories <laughs> just uh, um well if we're including uh Khalid Sheikh Mohammed <laughs> over the last twenty years. But so um yeah it's 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 a hydra. Um it's and uh, you know this is what we discussed the last time and and it's a big concern of mine is that they're able to dictate the pace and the events such that we're just reactive rather than proactive and and you know trapping trapping them comprehensively and yeah well there it's a it's a typical combat strategic thinking of maintaining the initiative because if you lose the initiative then you lose the uh, well <laughs> you lose the initiative but when you are not dictating events the level of unpredictability is exponentially higher and so in any whether at, at the lowest level or the highest level the goal is to not allow the opposition to uh, seize that from you. And I think that diffuse was an example uh, that they were not expecting. And it was, it was so impactful, I think precisely because no one knew that it was, that it was coming out in the manner that it did. Um, and that that was on purpose. And in retrospect, that's why I'm, I have zero regrets about how I released it. And like the decisions that I made, bringing it to drastic and how we did it and not using other media because the other, if, if the other media had known, if any media that we were working with had known, then instantaneously, everybody of consequence would know that it was going to be released and not by, you know, equal health alliance or whatever. So we gained the initiative by releasing that. And I think we kept it for a while. But basically, the, all they did was kick the, They basically slow-walked everything as much as they possibly could, um, you know, until the election. And then as the election neared, they did everything they possibly could to, to, to make sure that the outcome was as favorable as possible. And obviously, they they succeeded partially, and all of that. I mean, I, I wrote in July of 2021 that they were going to try to to drag it out to the midterms, and that the Republicans could not like they could not waste that opportunity. They needed to be to be laying this out there and hitting them hard, and of course they didn't do it, and that's exactly what we're seeing is. Now it's set up to where I think the intelligence community is starting to get comfortable because they feel like they're in control and they don't 
think that the narrative is going to be able to get away from them again, no matter what happens. Now, I disagree. I, I can think of many reasons why I disagree with that. But I think from their perspective, that's how they feel right now. And so that's that's kind of concerning. But at the same time, at least I know what needs to be done. I just have to make sure that it gets done. So it's it's bittersweet. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm probably being a little, uh, how should we say, um, defeatist by saying that they're, they're dictating everything. You know, the, the fact that we're seeing them respond means that, oh, we're, we're on their radar, right? And so they, you know, if, if they had their way, we would, everyone would be talking about pangolins and bats and caves and um, how, right. how, how we've got to constrain ourselves with uh, our, I don't know, oil consumption. Um, or... I think, I think the main, if you could like just list, like excluding like specifically what Drastic has been doing, because that might be biased on my part, of course. Um, one of the biggest hits that they've taken was when Mike Pompeo made the decision five days before the inauguration last year to release a little memo mentioning the three sick uh, with researchers because oh the the, the uh, Wuhan you mean the that they correct uh, right. they're saying that that there were three sick researchers in the fall of 2019 and I think that was a legit piece of Intel that I think Pompeo and Trump and everybody, I think Pompeo knew he, he was, he had been the director of the CIA for a brief time, but he was not in a career Intel person or anything, but I think he knew that they would try to bury it. And so he, he, he released that. So that way they couldn't. And I think that was absolutely huge because it was, that was an official government release. It was not just some, it wasn't even like a diffuse. That was like a legitimate, the secretary of state at the time released that and whether or not it was a political move or not, it was a piece of evidence. And I'm almost certain that he believed that it would not come out if he didn't do that. So while he still had the ability, he did that. And I'm not a big fan of Mike Mopeo for many reasons, but that was a right decision. And I think that was a big factor in why the United States ultimately rejected the, the uh, World Health Organization report two months later. Because I don't know if, if Anthony Blinken, his, Mike Pompeo's successor, would have done what he did in rejecting a report as readily if not for that having been released. Just my, my own two cents. Uh, it's, uh, it's an important historical point. And, you know, and I, I agree with you that the way that you released Diffuse was the best way um you know it didn't give them chance to get into a damage control mode um and so they were they were pushed back somewhat and it, it landed the discussion squarely into uh the lab the lab origin space now the i guess the difficult component is to once once you've dragged it that far is to 
start painting in and filling in the dots with respect to um, biowarfare programs. And um, it's, it's ah, you know, again, there's, it's, a it's mentioned in the congressional report, so I guess we can't be too, too dismissive. But um, it's, uh, well, in, in, in my mind, it, it's the primary issue because that's, that's where everything that we're dealing with stems from. And to not to not be able to get in there and well, you know what's what's the goal we're aiming for? Transparency, right? We want to we want to know what they're partially, yeah, yeah, and yeah, well, transparency and some uh, how should we say <laughs> some accountability, accountability, yeah, some judgments laid down uh, on individuals and institutions. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's a possibility in in the background that they're deciding who who gets taken for the chop and who gets to skirt away into the into the sunset. That they're actively. Well, that, that's that's uh, probably been happening for you know for for years. At least, I think once once Blinken made the decision, uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, not Abe Lincoln, mm -hmm. once he made the decision to reject the World Health Organization report officially, I think ever since then, they've known that there was going to be at least some reckoning. And they probably just didn't know. And, and really, they've I would assume they've just been trying to minimize that reckoning as much as possible ever since. And I think Elon Musk, I don't think they, they, they probably never imagined that Elon Musk was going to spend $44 billion to buy Twitter and in part to like expose everything that was going on. I mean, that was another massive uh, thing that they had to account for that they were not expecting. And so I think that diffuse and the Department of State memo, like right off the bat, those three things, probably more than anything, have really forced where we are now. I, I would, and also certainly in 2020, everything that Drastic did, because because really the only reason there was all this lab leak information is because Drastic immediately started to uh, dig in and find things and and ask questions that couldn't be answered readily and which is how I obviously found out about them six months before I joined and then there were people like you people like well Walter Luke Montagnier Bradhan like there's a whole group of people that were instrumental in getting it to the point where it forced a response because they couldn't just keep it quiet. And I think that if not for that, and this is why I, what I think about drastic before I got here, what they did in particular, um, changed the course of world history because I honestly believe that without that pressure, 
there would be there would have been nothing after the World Health Organization report. Literally nothing. Absolutely. And you know, if people cast their minds back, uh, you know, to that investigation where where literally remember like the footage of Peter Dayzak arriving in China and that's <laughs> so it's so ridiculous knowing what we know, but what what they were trying to feed to the public at large. And they, well, it's, it's, you know, refresh my memory somewhat, but, you know, the, the, there was sufficient outrage just at that, that they, that they reorientated and um, they, they basically had to do a sort of second report. And obviously following on from that was the, uh, the Lancet uh, uh, commission and report as well. Right. <laughs> so yeah, there was for sure. For sure, there was pressure put on. I, I guess the 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 follow on is how how it evolves from where we are at the current milestone that we're at, and you know the. What can you? My well, my biggest concern is that they escalate current events in such a fashion that um, people people are just forced to um, they can't think about this particular problem, right? And you know, once once you start making people go cold, hungry, unable to afford the basics. Um, you drag into a conflict that, um, well, essentially could 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 be a decades long standoff, if you like. And you know the direction that seems obvious that they're going to pull into play is that they're going to focus on China. They'll make every issue around China a very well, uh, everything will be done in a in a hostile fashion, and then points of real contention get dragged into the public's consciousness. So it may, it's, imagine they something happens around Taiwan. I mean, how much how much space are we going to have in the ongoing? public dialogue to be talking about the, the what what we're trying to bring to the issue even though they're linked right um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where i think that they assumed that the ukraine situation would do that now obviously and and whether or not, i think that whether or not the pandemic had occurred there, there was going to be a push in several different directions, you know, like digital ID and uh, just gaining more control. And so really the only question is whether or not the, the pandemic was triggered on purpose to do that, or if it was just a matter of exploitation of something that they didn't expect necessarily. And I, but the timing, 
of the Ukraine stuff is very, very telling because, um, and I, I mentioned this on the, on the Kim.com interview too, that, you know, <laughs> that was panned in certain quarters. Um, but we covered a lot of important ground. And one of those things was that if you go back and look at the, at the timeline of various events, you can see that the news cycle was being pruned and, and shaped to focus on things and not focus on other things. And in particular, the, um, what's it called? Something happened in Ukraine that was very, very close in, in time to the release of the Moderna 19NT paper. And I, I don't necessarily know if that was tied, but the timing was highly bizarre. Convenient. Now, personally, I don't, yeah, I don't know if they were really that scared of that or not. But the bottom line is whether or not that paper accurately describes what happened and how the cleavage got into the virus, it at least points to pathways that could have been used that they did not want people to know about. It was obviously highlighting something they did not want people to know about. Yeah. And so the fact that something happened, I want to say that the fighting in Ukraine like started like two days later or something. Yeah, in my mind, it was just the initiation of, of the conflict. I want to say, yeah. Obviously, it had been building, mm -hmm. but it almost seemed like, like they they wanted to push it to a, to some sort of con or next phase right around that time. Now, like I said, I don't know that that in particular was like the only thing, but I definitely think it was something that they wanted to avoid talking about that they wanted to hide, and um, and that's because I believe it points directly towards ways that it was actually made. So they, they, they continue to want to sever all ties between the vaccine and the virus. And the truth is, is that the vaccine came from the virus and the virus has patented pieces in it. So that means <laughs> that, that the virus and the vaccine came from the same place and in a different order. And that's what's unnatural, and it's it's just, it's just another just another tidbit that shows that you you can know them by what they're trying to hide more than anything. And the, the, this whole vaccine discussion, that they're trying to divorce it completely from anything related to the bioweapon discussion at all, mm. even in Congress. And that that's one big takeaway from this these latest two reports is that. They do not want to talk about the vaccine in relation to this at all. And, you know, just as a, a caveat to that, um, it's, I've noticed that uh, I didn't watch it all, but um, so Jay was streaming today and I, I think like the topic was why are we seeing... Uh, emergence of flu, RSV in the young, etc. And you know, with Jay's particular, so basically a couple of weeks behind me. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and the uh, what he what he was sort of 
angling towards was every every counterpoint that he was making was all just vaccine 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 nothing to do with um the pathogen itself and um it looks again it's a very very sort of narrow focus it drags people off into you know a little a little side canyon when the picture is um far far bigger and the we we've got to be able to um you know even even within the small groups that listen and are investing time in these investigations and and the science we have to we have to be looking at every every aspect of it and you, i guess there's an argument to be said that the conventional organizations are gonna do the the virus part of it right and you you're gonna see very little in terms of you're gonna see lots in terms of trying to understand the disease mechanisms of the virus but very little in terms of um vaccine harms and just to uh give you another little data point i watched I watched this clip earlier, but this this was from Naomi Wolf, and I th I, I, I want to say um, who else was talking about it? Uh, it? It'll come to me. But the um, basically there, and this was a concern I had that they're going to start manipulating the public databases to minimise any concern that individuals might have and so she's saying shocking cover-up of heart damage cdc appears to have deleted 32,000 records of heart damage in the vares database this ahead of government DeSantis investigation of myocarditis let me probably i should probably click on the the link and yeah we should we should um maybe I could, there's even a video clip let me share the screen with you We'll we'll watch it. Um, to do the sound, but uh, hang on a bit. Do let me do that again. Do do you see the screen? Or oh, tell me if you can hear this. You mentioned that V-Safe should be added to... Uh... Do, do, do you hear that? Yes, I can hear. Okay. Um, well, it's, t it's 10 minutes long. Let me see if I can speed it up a little. Uh, VARS, but, but only 4% of V-Safe is added. Can you explain what that means to people and why it matters? VARS is, is designed specifically for, for medical professionals and people alike to report, hey, I got hurt. And when enough people have gotten hurt for officials to look at it and say, hey, this product isn't safe, it's got to come off the market. Right. And VSAFE was created to also do something similar to that and to make that process a little bit easier. You don't need as many records. Uh, you don't need as much information to record a report in VSAFE. Now, in VSAFE, there have been over 800,000 reports of injury. And the deal was that in VSAFE, every single report of injury was supposed to also then subsequently have a VARES report associated with it. Right. So that means all 800,000 should be in VARES. 
But unfortunately, or by design, however you want to look at it, only 30,000, only just over 30,000 of those 800,000 have been recorded in Varus. So what that means is that less than 4% of the records in VSAFE have actually been reported in Varus as they were supposed to uh, be done. Holy cow. I, I have to also, you know, think again, journalistically, and as a political consultant, the story never matches the goal, right? You know, you know this, you know, if you see behind the scenes in politics. So when you, you've got the VRS system. And I, I've just got to say, Naomi Wolf has pulled off some uh, uh, less than accurate reporting, I would say. Um, so just just keep that in, in mind as we, as we listen to this. Do you know who that Dr. H is? Have you come across him before? Uh, he sounds vaguely familiar. Like I recognize his face, but I, I, I can't at the moment. Please. He's a new actor to me currently. So system, it's been there for decades. You create a whole new system called VSafe, right? Which I think is relatively recent, correct? And mm -hmm. you say it's an easier way to file a complaint. Then that kind of cannibalizes the funnel, right, for filing complaints. And then, oops, you only transfer 4% of them over to the uh, the more established database. I mean, what a sneaky way to basically sweep almost 800,000 um, adverse events under the rug. Right? Adverse events, yeah. hospitalizations, permanent injuries, deaths. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah compromises data set. It's, that's completely compromised. That's so disgusting. Um, let's go now to why we should... Oh, well, this is an important question that I was asked and I didn't know the answer to. Um, at what point should 1,500 deaths from, from one side effect trigger uh, an investigation? Is that a signal that rises to the level of what the CDC set up bears to alert, alert our government to? Well, if we look historically, and I think the swine flu shot was the, the one, I think this is 1976, the sig first, the signal that was recorded, the bar was 50 deaths. They got to 50 deaths in a very short period of time, and it was shut the whole program down. But we are way past. Which is, which is true, right? As a uh, as a metric for people to just keep in mind. Um, That's correct. That's correct <laughs> for these safety signals. And you know, I think you'll probably mention it, but even even in the initial um, experiments, right, uh, and the the reporting data for that first report, they were at like 1,200 deaths, I think, with Pfizer in like the first oh, six. Yeah, yeah right. Was... They, obviously made, they obviously realized very quickly the whole, uh, or maybe just in advance because they've seen it in other places, like with infant vaccines, that they obviously knew that if there was going to be a, a correlation, it was going to be within the first two weeks. And so what's really insulting is that they, that, like, at the very beginning, they just ignored all those, which is ridiculous because historic, I don't remember the exact figures, but let's just say 85% of all vaccine injuries prior to 2020, I can almost guarantee you, were within 14 days, typically within three days, especially for things like uh, sudden infant death syndrome. So obviously, Obviously, from the very beginning, all of this was shaped to hide whatever the impact was because they, they, they could not have known. I mean, they, they hadn't done any of the research. So they just planned for the worst and hit everything. And sure enough, you know, that, that's what happened. But I can almost guarantee you that it, from the, it was not a reaction. It was straight from the very beginning, built into everything. That they were not going to do that. 
Yeah, and <laughs> who can forget that they were trying to put a JFK level um, lock on, on the data, right? 75 years. It was going to so, be. Well, at first, I think it, at first I want to say it was like 55 years. And the judge said no. So then they came back with an even longer time period, which is it's pretty ballsy. Um, but that's that's an example of, I think, the hubris, because, I mean, they were basically given carte blanche by most governments, and any governments that they weren't, they negotiated these insane deals anyway. So, and that's actually one thing that I, I, I'm pretty sure you've heard about, like the Samoa stuff that was happening in, in the fall. Oh, the measles thing that Dickie put right. out. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so this was this was standard practice for ever for 30 years, ever since the like the infant and child schedule became so beefy. I think 1991 was like when it really just got started getting ridiculous. So after I was born, of course, but they that's really when SID came into existence. Because prior to like the 80s, there was no such thing as sudden infant death syndrome. And basically, they, when if you actually go back and look at the correlations in time, once again, the temporal correlations are key. It's so obvious that that these vaccines were, were killing infants. But by creating this new thing and not at all talking about the vaccines in relation to it, they they kind of severed it. From the consciousness of most people and they've been able to censor everybody else by just calling them anti-vaxxers ever since and what's happened now is the same thing but on a global scale yeah so well yeah. i i guess once you've had sort of decades of practice and it and it works because you know I, I i've always said america is a very unique case with respect to vaccine schedules and the it, it's insane the the numbers that are required for children you know where, where they they force parents into it because they they make it such that schools um not schools daycare and uh, kindergartens and they they would um bar entry to children being allowed to to participate well, exactly, and I'll I'll give my ex-wife credit because she and before even our son had been born, so like we had two children under three. Um, I, like two thousand five, like not long after I joined the Marine Corps, she became anti-vax, and I didn't really pay much attention at the time, and it. Uh, Ironically, in 2007, I had the, the opportunity to, to get stationed on Hawaii for three years. And I turned that down and went to Virginia instead what? because my wife didn't want to get vaccinated. And I was like, okay, whatever, fine. Um, but so what was the vaccination so, requirements for Hawaii? Why, why was, uh, what was different? Well, it, it, it's because the requirements to go overseas, I guess, because of the way that it, it works, at least in the Marine Corps, um, third Marine division, like everything is based in Okinawa 
and so if I'm stationed in Hawaii, it falls under that. It falls under OCONUS, and thus it has different vaccine requirements. And she did not want the kids to go through that. So, and at the time, I, you know, I humored it. But in, in retrospect, that was incredibly wise because she was absolutely right. In fact, it was way worse than even she knew. But she was absolutely right about that. So, yeah, I was always, you know, because I worked with Tourette's a lot and sort of childhood disorders. I was always very uh, skeptical of them. I do think they play a big part in um, these difficult to treat neurological disorders that we, we get in kids. And so my kids were. You know, I made sure that they were what they did have was spaced out and they had the minimum and the in fact I stopped any vaccines with um my son. He came back from a uh diphtheria one, sort of dribbling and um I was like, Okay, that's um that's it no more <laughs> and um and, and in japan we didn't need it right there it, there wasn't this they'd had they'd had issues in the past and i want to say in japan it was with the with the mmr i think and um so japan has been very uh civilized i would say in how they you know it's n nothing is forced with the with the vaccines and but it's you know getting back to the original point the they've basically had decades to refine these systems in terms of psychological pressure to apply to people that maybe they just felt confident enough to um to push it out and they would be able to squelch any any fallout i guess you know, I, I, I absolutely. I mean, it's very clear what they did. And this is one of the reasons why Peter Hotez, whatever else he may have done or not done, one of the things that he's done that's evil is he's played a central role in this attack on, of anti vaxxers yes. as anti science. Yes. And that, in retrospect, that's unconscionable because, like, as I look back, he had to know because he would have had access to all the science, all the data. So he knew, but he bought in with everything else and um, played along and was one of the main narrative constructors. Even before the, he started this anti-science crap in 2018. And now like, like it's an entire page of his own personal website. Like is, you know, it's him about, you know, papers, anti-science yep. and uh, and as you know he goes full bore calling everybody nazis and, and whatever and he's yep. still doing it yeah and he has never he has never uh discussed his conflicts of interest never not that i've seen maybe yeah. i think maybe once on a tv show like with tv appearance one time but he does not talk about the fact that he was working on mers co-vaccines in 2019 yep. so yeah, he's evil. And look, I I th I think he's a dangerous ideologue because um, 
of his daughter that um, is autistic, and you know, I do. Yeah, that he he basically has used her. Yes. And and, and who knows? I mean, her her autism might have nothing to do with vaccines, but he has used her as a prop to try and make himself unassailable. Yeah. And history, if it's fair, will not look kind upon him because he has just been dastardly when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, and like I say, he's well he, to the point that he even wrote a book about uh, his daughter and how vaccines are not related to. Um, well, the focus is autism, but I, I think the uh, the clinical picture is a bit more complex than that. Um, any any time that you're initiating inflammatory cascades in a in a in the nervous system. Um, you know, it's well yeah. in a developing nervous yeah. system. Yeah, and and I think this is where I think that Martin Giraudot's arguments are incredibly persuasive and important because he highlights one method that's common to all injected vaccines, basically, that could explain why. You know, you're, we're seeing neuro damage because of, you know, breaking the blood-brain barrier as a bolus or, or, or whatever. Like, it does actually, it can explain something very well and deserves to be explored. And and his problem is that he he applies this to everything and assumes that there is nothing else. Like yeah, that, well, that well, all you have is a hammer, dude. So, <laughs> everything. Right. But, <laughs> so. and, and that, that sucks because he's doing damage to his own cause because his argument could explain a massive proportion of deaths prior to COVID when it comes to vaccines yeah. and it needs to be investigated. And so I really hope that he, like that other people are picking that up and, and will take it because it is important. Just, I mean, it's, it's kind of like JC as a matter of fact, where JC had like, he's got this idea and parts of it may be correct, but he's over applied it to everything. Mm. And the evidence doesn't support that. Yeah. And I think he's making the same basic fatal error that uh, Mark Girardot is. Yes. When both of them have good points. So. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And um, it's kind of. Uh, it's frustrating. Um, but it, it, it is what it is. I don't think you're going to um, change any. Any positions? Oh, I don't know. I mean, Jay, after talking with um, Kevin McKernan, has uh, seems to be reappraising his assessment of the validity of sequencing. So, well, I mean, I've not heard him. I've not heard him ap apply the conclusions that would come from that to the rest of it, because which is important, because that's his entire argument rests on this idea that. The quasi-species isn't being understood and it's not being sequenced well, and so it must be a cover-up. So that's the part of the problem is that he made these big exclamations, but the corrections, which are massive, are he's not really discussing. Mm, <laughs> They're mm. muted. And and that's a problem because once again, his audience doesn't realize that he overplayed his hand. And so they're distrusting him as a scientist when he when he did not have the authority to make the 
draw the conclusion is that he was drawn. And that's that's where it causes damage. Just like when any of us, like the uh, what's it called? The like the the blood in the water or whatever that crap was. Oh like venom. Peters and <laughs> the artists, venom in the you know? water, yeah. Right. Like there's truth to that. Hmm. But the way that it was presented did nothing but discredit the rest of it. And once again, that's an example of where you take something, none of us has 100% of the answer. And so every time somebody comes out with this, this conclusive, like, I, I figured it out. Right. Um, they've always been wrong. And all they, all everybody should just be taking a step back, applying what you're learning, but still keeping an open mind. And so it's ironic that Jay was saying that we didn't have open minds because <laughs> we weren't, ex we didn't see the logic of his argument. Um, but the truth is, is that we, we understood his argument and we just disagreed. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you could basically look at everything. Well, it's that's not even, it's not even a, a disagreement about the methods. I mean, look, clones are, um, right. I mean, exactly. <laughs> instrumental in this. I, 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 I guess the, the, fundamental difference is um how what's the range i guess of the of the clone once the once... stability the stability of the clone once it's released mm. it, and he just blew a drink he he looked at some math and said oh, okay well if this if x number is replication incompetent and it, it comes in contact with non or other stuff well eventually it, it's very quickly going to disappear. Well, the evidence does not support that. And neither did the literature on the quasi-species. But my guess is that he didn't read it. Well, actually, I know he didn't read it because when we pointed out a couple of things to him, he met, at, the, at the end of the stream, he mentioned it and said, okay, well, I need to read into this because I don't want to speak on it before I've, I've given it full measure of thought. Okay, fair enough. I completely agree. So, unfortunately, he said that after he spent three months advocating for some new theory. Yeah. It washed away a bunch of actual evidence. So, that that's like just a case in point of why all this stuff is important and why we can't skip over all these key elements. Like, like as we're discussing with the uh, Intel reports, I mean, why are they important and why why are we pointing out things that are missing? Well, because those can have huge impacts on the discussion moving forward. So this is all like, this is all part and parcel of what we're talking about. Yeah. And you know, my, 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 my position is, um, every, everything that we've seen come into play is a, um, that, that they're facets to part of this, um, warfare right so um even if if we say iatrogenic uh, death was a big factor in the clinical picture that we see okay well that's it doesn't it doesn't mean that the there weren't deaths from the virus itself these are these are all combined elements to push populations people in the, into a particular direction and this is it's yeah it's it's strange that 
um, people would be well, they're, they're fixated on on one particular element at the exclusion of others, and um, yeah, I think I think in doing so, you 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 limit our ability to you know construct arguments and evidence in a, in a an effective manner and you know it it's it's still a well you know there was a a, a clip today from his stream where i can't remember it was a news clip i want to say i was doing the washing up so um the and he mentioned that how infective the virus was and basically claimed that that's where you must have got the number. And I'm just, I didn't see the face. I was just um, listening. Who was it? I'm really interested to know now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to, God damn it. And the point was that this guy said it's got, you know, it's got a high R naught of like one of being one of the second most infectious viruses that we know of. And uh, right. um, the the comment from Jay was, oh, that's where Rixie has got that idea from. And that point that the and I'm, I'm I don't believe that to be the case i mean i've i've seen you sort of <coughs> churn through the data and um you know it's it's not a you're not just parroting someone's position you i, I would say right. so well, so yeah specifically with the r not um that's where i was that i was stunned that he had forgotten that literally for like 10 months the first part of the pandemic starting on, I can't even remember the day, starting on March 10th, while I was sick in 2020, that was the first time I downloaded the data from the Johns Hopkins website. And almost every day until I joined Drastic, I, I, I might not have been downloading the data. I only did that like 40 or 50 times, but, but I was every day I checked the tracker. And then I was, and over time I started digging into the weeds with historical flu patterns and with, with other things <clears throat> like every, all the terrain that he's covered, I had already covered. And so it, it, it was just stunning that he, he, he made these claims that, okay, well, obviously I just, you know, saw. Oh, I, I've just been told it was my hypothesis. It was now. Redfield that was talking. Uh, and so, so that that's interesting because Redfield is the one that's um, just in the last few days come forward and again said um, it's a it's a lab origin um, pathogen, and uh, you know we, we we must blame those uh, those sneaky Chinese for their yeah. So it must be narrative, or, or maybe it's just a fact that. It's very clear now, for instance, that something was spreading prior to Wuhan. And we don't know what, but the latest thing I've heard from Dao Yu 
who, who I believe is the, the world expert on this, has looked into it more than anyone. Um, is I, I'd love to if speak to him. Have you, of that. have you ever oh. spoken to him in a conversation? I have, I have not. I've spoken to somebody who knows him mm. and who, so who, who does speak to him all the time. Mm. But I've not, I've not heard his voice or anything like that, mm. which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But not only is he the person that I respect the most from Drastic, he's an absolute genius. And even w- when he gets something wrong, so much of it is right <clears throat> that it's not even a big deal because at the end of the day, he's he's always been moving in the right direction. Yeah, it's data refinement. That That's part of the he's, scientific he's process. He's an absolute genius. He's a genetics genius. And everything that he touches gets like is becomes better explained and so what he is his where he currently is is that he doesn't believe that whatever was spreading had the fear and cleavage site if i hopefully i get this right because i mean like i said he's it's changing all the time because he's finding and it's, more it's and more. very it's a very technical discussion that he does exactly right there's here. a whole lot that, yeah he does not he doesn't do anything second grade level mm. And he, and he comes with 30 or 40, literally, uh, links every time mm-hmm. he's talking about a subject, which, I mean, I could kind of do, but he, he is almost like a genius and has the, like the memory of like Sheldon Cooper. Like he, I, he has stunned me dozens of times in talking with him privately. Just, I'm, I've been absolutely amazed. Anyway, um, basically he knows that there was something but whatever it was was not causing the same problems because it was it was a little bit different and more than likely so almost so we don't know if there's like a an earlier leak but if it was an earlier leak they wouldn't have used this next one to cover it up or at least i wouldn't think so because it was the next one that was worse that had worse um, yeah, so components it, to the virus. In my mind, I I don't have a problem envisioning, envisioning a scenario where they've had a leak, for example, around um, Dietrich, and we know that, uh, well, we have the military games, we know that uh, Dezak and Olival were just in, in China at the same time, that they that they would take the same pathogen because we have to assume that those databases were open to US side as well so they they can construct a clone right and then right. they then they go and they know that the furin cleavage site is a way to um, accelerate uh, spread and they go and put it around the uh, or somewhere where they can shift the blame to, and it, it takes attention away if there's a sort of slow burning, um, you know, right. pneumonia like illness in the US and just sort of popping up now and again in susceptible individuals. And so to cut, so to try to, um, uh, yeah, make it ambiguous, you, you, clone it, you take it, you release it around in Wuhan and then stand back and just at first say and go with it must be the spillover, right? And hope that that's enough to sort of cover it up. But for, for well, I mean, and logically it should have been enough except 
you know, the Ferran cleavage type. Like, mm. <laughs> there's and the HIV inserts. Mm. It, the 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 entire reason for my watchmaker hypothesis is based on the fact that that wasn't natural, because otherwise they could have gotten away with that. But this is why they knew instantaneously that it wasn't natural, mm. and they've just gaslighted everybody ever since. Yeah, um, you know the problem. The problem. Well, I, I don't know. Is that is that the way to get around or, or to answer that question is is that you need to get samples the early samples and have them sequenced and surely that's that's not outside the the realms of scientific capability well whether or not we can actually sequence it we can go back and test people who were sick and confirm whether or not they had it mm. back then and that's where I think, I mean, obviously that's, <laughs> that's a big component to this that hasn't been explored publicly that, you know, I, I, I will make sure it gets brought to bear, but, but yes, there, the bottom line is, is that whatever there is, there's definitely evidence that exists that is not being looked for, whatever form it's in. And what they're doing is they're just trying to kick the can and cover everything up. They're not doing anything, even with new technologies that are being implemented and being published and talked about. They're not doing anything to lift a finger to apply those to answer this question, mm. which just makes it which and that more than anything makes this very damning because they've known these things. And once again, instead of anything else, they've been covering it up. Yeah. They're trying to protect themselves, protect the whatever it was they were doing. And that is more than any reason why the public must understand the truth because they deserve to know that they were gaslighted this entire time because otherwise they're just going to ramp it up and continue to exploit this yeah. ad infinitum. Yeah. Uh, well, they've, they've got no choice, right? <laughs> they have no choice. And. Yeah. Um... Um, you know, this this is where there's a well, it's it's another sort of failing of of Jay's uh, approach because um, you know if if I understand correctly, what he's saying is that um, you could essentially sum it up as bio warfare is or, or bio warfare agents are not real in a sense, right? There's, there's not much you can do beyond the natural um, yeah, parameters. Yeah, smoke and mirrors, and mm. they don't actually have the capabilities to do what they're saying. Mm. Mm. That's, his, that's his argument. Yeah. And um, that's stupid. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's a form of denial. It uh, is, it's, ex that's exactly what it is. it's exactly denial. Mm. And, you know, I if he had asked me, I, I could have told him that because I, I do know a lot about that particular space. And so for him, the, what was frustrating for me is that he, he literally didn't bring it up to me, probably because he knew that I would disagree with him. But that's exactly why a scientist is supposed to do that. Because, I mean, even though I'm not a scientist, I do know something about that. 
And my input would have been good in that instance. At least I would like to think that it would have, you know, caused enough pause before he went and tried to go on a media tour about his new idea. Yeah. So it could have it could have prevented a lot of of what hopefully will come, which is the truth will be understood. But it causes damage when we ignore actual evidence um, because we don't like it. Like it's just it's the worst possible thing that we can do, especially as investigators of the origin. Yeah, and you know, this is, I, I, I'm of the opinion that you need to you need to be um, grabbing in as much uh, information as possible, and you know, make it as actionable as possible. And you know, the I say the premise that you know, the, if if you follow logically what he's saying, no one no one really got ill and died from pathogen exposure everything everything had to come from the countermeasure side and it, it once you do that you just set yourself up to um to be taken down by you know published data that's publicly available it's it's a look i love talking with um joseph dr lee um but you know in with respect to his hypothesis it's it's too easy to find in the literature um mucosal igg and people you know a, a lot of studies looking at how it interacts and um modulates immune responses at the, at the immune barrier it's not it's not there as a artifact that the, the data just the published data doesn't support it and right now I, I do believe that it has been grossly ex exaggerated like I, I think he's absolutely making valid arguments mm -hmm. that need to be investigated yeah and just like you know what, what Jay is talking about or, or you know what we are like anybody else has argued all of this should be investigated and all of it is being you know suppressed a anytime any data that could possibly uh, undermine the narrative is is just smothered and it what is done is it's caused this is exactly what happens when someone has spent decades shaping a scientific narrative for their own like vision which is exactly what fauci's done he has been the world leader on on immunology god forbid and this this is what happened when you are at that point for 40 years and you control it for that long you do damage to science that takes time to recover because all, there's so many threads that haven't been fully explored because they weren't funded because he didn't want them to be funded and you know this is i, I i'm very sympathetic to rosanna's position with respect to absolutely the, uh, the vaping uh, um that data uh, in the in the current environment has to be reappraised and reanalyzed now I, I would make the presumption that every one of those patients there are in freezers somewhere blood and tissue extracted from them and so we could we could dismiss and close down a lot of the hypothetical space if we 
went back specifically to look for um, these agents and, you know, have have right. someone do the analysis who, you know, isn't subject to pressure that, you know, is obviously being applied, you know, by the system. What do I, again, you're always trying to define this very nebulous deep state-like um, entity. And, you know, in, in some right. ways... I, 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 well, it sucks because, yes, censorship creates, even targeted censorship, creates a false view of reality that comes into conflict when it juts up against real reality, and people look at that and say, hey, hmm, that is a problem, and that that needs to be explained. And that that's when Jay talks about a brutal narrative, he's absolutely correct because that's exactly what's happened is that reality has has been pushing back and and you know Jay Bhattacharya was and Martin Kildorf were proven correct because they were using reality. <laughs> and the problem is is that some of these things are so deep and so are so obtuse that so few people know them that they've been able to get away with whatever they want for decades. So whereas, so there's not like epidemiologists who can just blatantly say, okay, this is BS because all the virologists are connected to this crap. So nobody's coming out and pointing out quasi-species issues. Nobody's coming out and pointing out immunological issues. And so what you end up with is just a bunch of narratives and then starting in 2020, the intelligence community came along and just basically censored anything that Fauci told them to censor. So, I mean, this is all just the culmination of a bunch of threads, a bunch of scientific concerns that should have been addressed in their own time and in their own respective areas that all came to the fore because of this. And we're suffering because millions of people have died because of those things and, you know, the, the continued cover-up of them. And, yeah, where, where do we, um, well, how does it progress from here? That's, that's, the, that's the ultimate question. And what, what is the impact of that? And, you know, if, if it's true what we were watching on the screen right now which is that they're prepared to start retroactively manipulating data and um or public publicly accessible data i would say um what what chance what chance do we have because it, it begs the question what other um environments are they prepared to go in and change data and you know the obvious thing that springs to mind is um elections and you know is is the country so, so finely split between the two parties or i i find that hard to imagine myself the uh, i i would venture to say that 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 is also the I believe that's a false reality too. I mean, we saw it for decades 
as they as mostly the left has been mostly successful at you know progress like pushing the envelope on things and really doing it ahead of where the population was uh, and you know i mean i remember when i think i can't remember for sure i think the dsm-3 was still in use in 99 it may have, may have just been turned over to dsm-4 i don't know 99 I I, it not, was it was full right was it nine? okay well i think i believe the so. line is when i started studying psychology the previous volume was not that out of date and it had homosexuality as a disorder yeah okay yeah. now whether or not you agree with that or whatever it's kind of beside the point what, what matters is that society for however long had naturally come to that point and that's where they were and then it was artificially accelerated uh, ahead of where the societies were and so I mean, all we're seeing is just the fact that society had not come to this conclusion um, naturally. It was all artificial, and when you do that, it causes more problems, especially down the line. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's it's the issue of building fictive reality versus what is um, you know the base reality, and the uh, again. If we're in a situation where they're, well, they're they're playing the whole of the population, right, with this game, and you have to think of it as a as a game, a sort of fixed, um, I don't know, like Harlem Globetrotters type a thing where the result is uh, prearranged. Or I guess a better uh, analogy would be the um, wrestling, right? The Hulk Hogan type wrestling and you know you have characters and what have you and it's all very choreographed to grab people's attention but the 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 result is gamed in such a way and maybe 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 there's a sort of space within the you know the mechanisms are at play with respect to actual votes being counted but when it comes to the larger um the larger data set or results that impact nationwide that they're, they're firmly in in control of how it how it's presented to the public and um in, in that instance again when <laughs> this this brings us back to that very very thorny question that we were discussing last time which is okay where wh what's the signal where we sort of say okay enough's enough um yeah we have to radically change approach and i i'm again very very reluctant to sort of speak down these lines because it it's a dangerous line of reasoning um well I, you you could just encapsulate it uh slightly less um uh, controversially i guess as it's all still a symptom of the distortion of scientific knowledge for political gain. Okay. And when you do that, like with climate change or with anything else, you, you mess with 
the I mean humans have a but like a collective wisdom and any intentional kinks in that is going to cause ramifications down the line and this pan pandemic is one of those where and it's being exploited which is far worse I mean they've exploited this this incongruence in the past but never to this degree and instead of claiming responsibility and holding yourself accountable and and learning lessons they are doing the opposite which is buckling down calling the opposition anti-science and you know calling them right Nazi. right right wing nazis <laughs> just saying hey hang on a minute <laughs> can, can we yes, see the raw data nazi you're a nazi because you know you don't believe in climate change well, mm -hmm. how could you not believe in climate change well no we just we just believe that you're fudging the data to for political reasons that's exactly what you've been doing mm. and what we're seeing now is kind of like the end game for it yes and the problem is is that so much has been fabricated or or nudged or the narrative has been massaged that um it really does create a problem of there's if you pull off the full band-aid there's so much for people to process that um that they naturally don't want to believe it because because it, it's kind of overwhelming but they need to believe it. they scientists science needs to be put back in its proper place because right now it is it has been given a level of trust and has abused that trust and the only way that we can come out of this like in a positive way is if the public understands that because we can't begin to do anything else if if we don't even know what has happened we just can't yeah um like i say per very very perilous times and <laughs> look when when we're on the verge of them rolling out digital id that it, it includes this idea of um vaccination as a as a well, as a metric by which they um, allow you to operate in in society, um, that that's a very very dangerous precipice on which we find ourselves. And look, um, for sure, it'll be instituted first in Europe, right? But th they're primed more. Uh, how would you say? Um, because of the the nature of the EU and the bureaucratic um, infrastructures that they've put into place, and the fact that um, mainland Europe has always had a concept of you've got to carry around an ID card, always. And you know, as some, someone who grew up in the UK, we always used to think that that was somewhat um, oppressive, right? That um, you had to you had to have a government issued id and you know i can remember going to start my phd in france and having to do that and register um i want and because because i was on a uh, this was before the eu integration but i was on a um immigrant type visa well it's because you were you know a terrorist <laughs> but literally, I had to register with the local police station. 
Um, and I can, I can just remember thinking, what is it, 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 it sort of, you know, I, I did it because I had, uh, it was, well, it was necessary to sort of rent property and stuff. So already back then the mechanisms were in place and now, and now we've moved forward to this point where they've absolutely leveraged the, uh, the last couple of years. And, you know, I just, we've got George Soros saying COVID has allowed us to put into place the mechanisms and we're, we're now at this point where they can, you know, put the final piece in and then we're all stuck in these digital ghettos and those, those that are able to operate above, above the common man's infrastructure or sociological infrastructure that's required for day-to-day -day living have uh well you get privileged class and of course that's going to be stratified as well and you know i guess i guess the question becomes how far can they push that in the united states and I don't know. uh well it, it, it's definitely a race um you know, whether it's the deep state or whatever, it, they're basically just kicking the can on so many different things because they're gambling that they can get everything situated before, you know, it, it's, it's fully understood. That I, You can't see it any other way. I mean, we have... Because um, once again, they're not even... There's no interest in holding anything accountable of consequence. They're going full bore, and the only possible reason is because they have no they have no choice. They they can't turn around because whatever their aims are, uh, if they were genuine, they then all these actions would include uh, a measure of reflection, and you know adapting to new circumstances there's no adaptation at all what we're seeing now is is it, it's so obvious because, precisely because they're not making any changes so and, it, and it's like okay well obviously something happened and there's literally nothing that we need to improve so even if people don't know any science the fact that the bivalent booster for instance has the old you know spike in addition to the new spike, when the old spike, when, when that is extinct, it's gone. So why would you put that into it? Like even common people can realize that and say, hmm, that's kind of weird. That makes a zero sense. Well, so, you, you know, to sort of steel man the, the position that they would say that there's still a lot of crossover in reactive epitopes. So no need to... Um, no need to change so much with what they think works now whether it right of course except except the problem is, is that we still we we could just use the brand new spike which still has all the old stuff in it that is still relevant i mean i mean the, this idea is laughable on its face but they get away with it because nobody understands the science yep. and jay is absolutely correct to, to point that out yeah, and you know, to what's what's the disagreement? 
there and you know i guess yourself and my myself are arguing that um it would be it would be foolish to um dismiss the biowarfare infrastructure as well yeah you said it right as just nothing but smoke and mirrors um just uh just designed there to uh well again play a pantomime on people i don't i don't think the science stands up in in that for that hypothesis and you know right. the, i mean if that was true it doesn't change what we need to be doing right now which mm. is um getting to the bottom of it and investigating every avenue mm. and so to somehow use that to say ah, well we're just um no we don't have to worry about that because it's all fake is dumb because until you have conclusive evidence that 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 is in fact the case that it is fake presuming otherwise or, or making that presumption is stupid because in the best case um you get lucky and you're right but in the there's a high probability that that's not the case and so all you've done is now you're ridiculing people on our side who are looking at what is still legitimate lines of inquiry it, it's just stupid but and but what it does is it leaves you open to say it, he would say his argument is fixed around coronaviruses, coronavirus swarms. Well, okay, um, but <clears throat> what you do is essentially you lower your defenses and readiness to, for when there's something that's not a coronavirus that they they decide to inject into the environment. Now, m myself personally, I think. They must be looking at the, they must have some sort of real-time analytics and think, or I would hope that they would say, ah, we've kind of pushed the um, the pandemic card as far as we can go. Um, it doesn't mean they're not going to do it again in, say, five, ten years' time. I, I would right. be surprised if we saw something as... Um, Well, outside outside of accepted virology, as we saw with SARS, and I think what they would be relying on right now is the um, the population scale immunity and the impact on that to allow opportunistic infections to start um, being able to push along their their agenda. Right, and I, th I think we're we're seeing that right now. And I can't. I should have. I want to say someone someone dropped it in the Discord, but apparently the the flu that's going around that's causing so many problems right now is swine flu. I don't know. Which one, anyone? Is is that is that what's going around? I mean, I haven't. Um, I haven't. I, I haven't looked. But here's what I can tell you based off that. Mm. Once again, because I studied this. Um, the H1N1 uh, branch that, that has appeared, you know, since 2009, and even the one in 1977, has been more mild than the I think it's H3N2, and 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 there's a couple of different, you know, well, it's a whole different ball ballpark. But the bottom line is, is that it's actually more mild, and that's stayed the same. 
even as these these strains have alternated in in the years ever since 2009. So, and actually, ironically, Michael Warobi has done a lot of research into this and has found good explanations for this, which he's mostly hiding, and which Fauci's has uh, kind of taken and maladapted for his own uses as a sort of justification for vaccine. What it's really showing is that um, we're messing with something that is actually more efficient at pr protecting people at a large scale than vaccines. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the real conclusion that Warobi discovered, is that the reason why there, like there's these alternating patterns of severe and non-severe is based upon the previous waves. And so whichever, like if your population is largely, you know, um, like if everybody's experienced this one, then it's going to be more mild. Okay. And uh, hang on, I, 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 I want to just check. So, uh, thank you, Alberto, for just pulling that up. But I want I want to check who said that in the Discord. So there was no reference with that. With uh, it was just it was Shahai eyes in our Discord um, saying that it was swine flu. I can't confirm that it that's the case right now i mean probably we should just be out googling it right um, well so so what that means what that means is is that it would be abnormal because the h1n1 strains have been less um like they've been less deadly less severe so what that really means is that the immune suppression is just worse <laughs> it's just a, a further sign that what we're seeing is immune suppression because things that shouldn't be hitting people as hard are like my son, I, I just saw him today and he was sick with the flu last week, like pretty bad. Like he was concerned. They went to the doctor. Um, he was concerned because I had, you know, I've been talking to him about some of this stuff, but I didn't know until today that he had been sick a month earlier. Um, he didn't go to the hospital and get tested, but, he had already been sick. And this is a kid who, I think he had the swine flu once in 2009 and has never had, like, he's never gone to the hospital for anything, really. And he and he has, he has a somewhat suppressed immune system because he has very bad allergies. But even he, this year, got very sick twice in the same month. And that's terrifying to me because as I look at this big picture, that's incredibly concerning to know that my son, who only received one of the vaccinations before, we said, okay, fuck that. Um, but he, as a 15-year-old, is, is not only seeing it in school, but he's even experiencing this too. That's terrifying to me because it implies a lot of bad things, and all of which are being ignored. Uh, well, I'll just ask if anyone's listening that if they've got a link if anyone can find some actual data to um what are you which, trying to find out the the current circulating flu strains so i've i've found what they want to vaccinate okay. for and um yeah it's probably worthless yeah so h1n1 um, h3n2 now i have if you hold on a second because i can find a uh i have a because um, I, I did the data and so i pulled like the yearly flu records 
and it shows which strains were predominant in the years, and it has the death data for age groups um, in each year. And actually, and I'll I'll put it, I'll drop that in chat as soon as I find it. But but I have absolutely the perfect picture that can help with this discussion. Yeah, bring it up whilst I sort of um, <clears throat> keep, keep digging away here. But uh, oh, here we go. That's 2018. You'd, you would think that would be something that would <laughs> just pop up. Um, it doesn't. Um, uh, oh, there we go. Flu sometimes. And once again, uh, I'm, I'm going to drop this into the chat, but that was, this is something that I made as I was trying to make projections for the fall of 2020, like what the wave might look like. And so I went back and looked at historical waves, including the 2009 one, because that was the last time there was a novel respiratory virus pandemic. And th that's exactly what they should have been doing. And I know from reading all the FOIA documents, that only one or two scientists and advisors was even looking at the same data. Yeah, I've got I've got the data right now. This is from for this year. I, I believe so. Pan American Health Organization, which looks like an offshoot of the World Health Organization. So it's it's regional. So North America with predominance of influenza A, H three N two, co circulation of H one N one, and. B slash Victoria, moderate SARS-CoV-2 activity, while RSV activity was oh, moderate crap. overall. Oh, of course. Um, but I, I, again, the question becomes, what's the what's the actual clinical burden right now? And, you, you know, well, of course, your son being just anecdotal in, in this discussion, but, you know, if we're seeing youngsters get um or, or, or suffering more it's a, it's a powerful anecdote mm. given what i know and knowing him intimately um it's very disturbing for me to see it and mm. yeah it's again what what this does though is it just pulls us into this medicalization type tyranny and um, right the you know if they've they've screwed up um people's yeah, collective and individual immunity such that um you know lots of other illnesses begin to emerge and you know it gives them it gives them carte blanche to say well you've got to be getting your your shots and we know that they're in the process of saying because because they believe the current platforms are well, the current gene transfection platforms have been so effective that the flu becomes part of that um how much think the the yearly mandated shots and right. yeah I, I, I guess it, I, I guess we bump up against what what is what can they legally mandate and force people to take? And may, maybe they'll 
wow, dude, the fact that we're having this conversation to me is is, is mind-blowing because I've always worked under the presumption that um, medical treatment, unless you've, unless you've committed a crime and you're under the, the award of the state, um, you have the right to say you don't want anything, right? Of course. So, of course you do. Um, but, you know, that, that would appear to be changing. And, you know, I, I guess they do it as a... Um, it, it's not forced, right? It's not It's not officially mandated on you, but they just make it such that your life becomes incredibly inconvenient if you don't comply. And, you know, I, I, and I would put that in the um, larger context of, you know, in Europe where they're gearing up for a wartime posture. Um, that, that opens the doors to allow them to force many, many strictures onto society and you know i had that clip yesterday in my stream where poland is mobilizing its troops um that's a you know it's a pretty concerning development and you know i'm i don't know if you've seen the images but they're, they're saying that a, a lot of polish have been killed in ukraine in the last few months because they've been they've been quote unquote unofficially um fighting there mm -hmm. yeah well they are uh hold on i'm, I'm just trying to pick out how to attach this photo because the reception is not great out here in the boonies mm -hmm. and uh <clears throat> and i realize that my computer that's in my lap as i sit in my car uh is not connected to the internet <clears throat> And I don't want to share my connection. Yeah, it's the mess. So I'm trying to get this picture to you because I think it'll help explain. But, but yes, the once again, it, it's all part of the same. It's all um, harmony is in the same theme, which is uh, they're trying to distract from the actual truth, and for political reasons. I mean, and. It, it, it's wrong all the time, but the fact that there's been a global pandemic and the United States has not investigated itself and it doesn't care about uh, investigating China, really, and its own intelligence community is, you know, just giving the president what he wants, which is nothing. Uh, I mean, it's just disgusting. And once again, we, well, I, 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 we have we have to get this out there because because there's otherwise if we do not hold people accountable, it's going to re be repeated and worse, and uh, it'll as escalate. we've seen, that, that, even fewer freedoms. Like we look at how much freedom was taken away as quickly as it was. You just imagine that, like this was when, like. That, like the public was still had this notion that it, that there was freedom. Now they're starting to get wise, and so the things they'll have to do to get, gain control will be worse. They'll have to be more punitive, and and I, I like I'm mind boggled that people can't realize that. Well, no, actually, the reality is is that 
people need to know the truth because I don't see any reason to kill off most of the people on the planet to protect, you know, the deep state or protect anybody. Yeah, but they 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 do though, dude. National security. Yeah. <laughs> they they can they can justify it, um, and of you course know, they can. And, and so this uh, sort of straying from the um, the core topic, but you know, it, as you've got um, Zelensky right now in your country, and you know he was. Um, you know, they were making a big deal how, you know, there were squadrons of fighter jets escorting him from, uh, I think he flew out of Poland, actually, but, um, you know, flying him to the US and, you know, he's come to, he, why is he, why is he here? What's, what's the, what's the end goal of this? And I would, I would say that, um, it's not complicated. <laughs> they, it's they, pretty clear. They want um uh no uh, uh, basically to establish i would argue sort of no fly zone um get american involvement because that's that's where the us sort of excels in in that department and okay i've got the got the picture yeah finally i, I put in a couple of places so you'll be able to see it but but so what that is getting back to the the flu is that's from 1976 to 2007, it's every flu season with the predominant subtypes and the the numbers of deaths and then the proportion of total deaths for each age group, like under nine, so 18 and under, 19 to 64, and then 65 plus. But in addition to the like so, age so numbers, the, those, just those... the total numbers can also tell you a lot too. Sorry, the percentages there are what mortality or those are the so those are the percentage of overall flu deaths attributed to that age group okay so it, it's deaths so we're looking at okay yeah so it's just talk about deaths and not severe or anything but that's enough to show you that it's very easy to see okay what's deadly what's not and h1n1 in particular the reason why there's a higher percentage of of deaths in younger kids from 78 and from H1 and from 87, for instance, the answer is obvious, which is that all the old people who are 60 years old in 1976 already got H1N1 or a variant of it in 1918. So, I mean, like, this is not rocket science. Um, and all the data is there. It's just so, so never the, used. The, the presumption being that because we've lost so many old people in the last couple of years, that the emergent flu strain is going to impact younger people. But it can't. See, that's the problem. The what we're seeing with H, if H one N one, or I mean, really, if any flu strain, but in particular, if it's H one N one and RSV, what, what you're talking about is not a an increase in numbers. And you're not talking about people who haven't experienced it before. You are only talking about immune suppression because there is no other explanation. These numbers, I mean, they don't lie. My son had a swine flu in 2009. In fact, I got the shot because I was in the military and it was experimental. And I was the only member of my family. So three kids and ex-wife, all of them 
got the swine flu, and they were, and it was like super serious, but they were all sick. Like they all felt like crap. And I took care of them for two weeks. And like that stuck out to me. Hey, but my vaccine worked because I didn't get it. Um, and in that case, that it's probably true. But the bottom line is, is that my son has already had H1N. So he should never, under current circumstances with, with a non-pandemic strain, like have, it to- have flu-like illness twice in the same month um, at the age of 15, and, and the second time be, be pretty bad for a 15-year-old. I mean, it, it's insane. It's just insane. That does, that does not happen. Well, yeah. Again, this this pulls us into the um, theoretical space that they they if if this was deliberate action, which I I think evidence strongly points in that direction, that they they would have had enough understanding of individual and population based responses again to um know that they're gonna um have have this sustained impact beyond beyond the covid pandemic and yeah um i don't like where all this is going and you know from from cover up in organizations which we were talking about at the beginning to um, the the medical countermeasures that they're planning on deploying right now um, it, it, that that looks like an unstoppable train at the moment and you, you know you you raise the issue that in that Senate report, there's very, very little discussion of um, vaccines as being problematic. And the the data, or we think that the data suggests otherwise. And <laughs> if, we're, if we're in, dude, if we're in a situation where they, they will go and deliberately hide and obfuscate data, like I haven't heard much about the DMED data lately, but... Um, Well, so there's a reason I can understand kind of with the DMED data because they don't want to um, like signal to our enemies our our level of readiness. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that our enemies already know, like China already knows. China um, took all of our security, (laughs) um, like our our clearance. Briefing and for like all the information they'd taken in security clearance investigation, they broke into that system and took all that data in 2014. Like they've had my fingerprints and everything about me up to 2014 that was of relevance to security for like eight years. And so just imagine, like, they don't, we're not hiding anything from them. Like, if I was able to discover, like, if I was told by people in last fall of 2021 about the disturbing uh, trends that were being seen, but were not being reported anywhere yet, uh, relating to military adverse events, 
Um, and the Chinese already knew that. I have no doubt that, that they, they have it as good of an understanding as they need to make strategic decisions. So this, this notion that we're protecting anybody is, is bullshit. But at the same time, like, I mean, you don't, that doesn't mean that we should just blatantly show everything. But the fact that nobody is talking about it on the, on the down low or like in back channels, I'm not hearing anybody saying that there's progress in that area. And that's disturbing because we rely on our military. Yeah. And, yeah. We, and we need to know why they made the decisions that they made. And people need to be held accountable regardless of if the data becomes public or not. People need, crimes were committed. And like we already have undisputable evidence, indisputable evidence that they literally just took printed labels and put Komir Nadi on the existing shops, which is a federal crime because what was mandated and, and given to all the troops and still being given to the troops is not that shot. It's the earlier formulation. So, and that is, it's known. They're just bearing it as much as they possibly can. But, uh, again, the such a black pill talking with you. <laughs> just... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but to, to, the issue is it it, <clears throat> need, it needs to be discussed, and because if who else is talking about it? Well, uh, well, thankfully, um, Robert Malone, Andrew Huff, and um, Senator Johnson. Uh, there was another doctor there as well. Uh, oh, I forget his name. Kamerni, something like that. I think. Uh, uh, Karyadi, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I have to go back and look. I, I wasn't. But, I, I heard it. I didn't watch it. But Aaron Karyadi is one of many science or medical doctors slash scientists who are who are pushing this and fighting it. Maybe um, Dr. Urso, perhaps I don't know. Yeah, and look, man. Um, God bless him for standing up. Like I say, it's it's a very very um, small bunch. And but you know to to pull it back to that. Twitter space. What they what they were talking about was fifth generation warfare, and it, in in that context, what we're looking at is it's not fifth generation warfare against a state actor that that we're having to deal with right now. And right. Um, what a where do we what what position what positions do we have? And you know my you know maybe it's. Uh, it's the wrong position to take, but I, I'm not sure how you, you don't fight them militarily. I don't see how we can do that. It's not possible. So, no. um, so what's the solution? Well, we adapt and try to withdraw from these systems that they're putting into place, but there's gonna be very, very few people willing to make the the sacrifices that 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 requires i mean you know there's a hardcore prepper bunch in the in the u.s who could but then again you know if if we take it to its sort of or, or one of the potentialities which is that they're what they're looking to do is to break the united states these entities, the transnationals, 
let's say, and they're going to use U.S. systems or, or U.S. state systems to implement the changes that they want to do. So you drag the U.S. into another um, conf or multiple conflicts on multiple fronts. So you get pulled into Europe again. You get pulled into um, much more hostile posture in Asia, and you let the um, you let the country sort of begin to degrade and implode and there's a there's a enough data there i would argue to suggest that that program is well on its way and <laughs> and to step it out into another domain which is um the chemical warfare that you know there was a I, 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 again i just saw the news report I didn't I didn't pull it but basically they were saying they've they've seized enough fentanyl in the last year to kill every man woman and child yes. in the United States right in in from my perspective in trying to solve this problem that's another indicator that you're under um sustained assault but through you know quiet weapons for silent wars type approach um, well, the, the, the biggest key isn't even that. It's our response. Like, mm. the, fact, the fact that we've responded the way that we have um, it, it is really the, the bigger issue um, because it, it implies that they're doing it on purpose. They, they see what's happening and they're doing it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's that... one thing to, to see the problem, but it's another thing. All that really matters in life is how you respond. Like the big, big thing I learned as a leader. So, okay, you're going to get punched in the mouth, but how do you respond? Okay, well, we got punched in the mouth, and we're covering up things and doing the absolute opposite of what we should be doing. And that is the real, that's, that's what we have to figure out because everything else is meaningless. If we don't figure out, like, why, they're doing what they're doing. Um, well, then, you know, let's let's just work under the hypothesis that it's it's to move towards global governance and to um, you know, um, global global governance, global currency, um, global control of the individual because they think the technology is ready to be implemented right now and. Right their their perspective is well we can, got to break a few eggs to make the omelet in this instance Very true. um I, I, again what how, how do we you, you, well you could come at it from the other direction and it may it perhaps that perhaps they're right that that that's a better way of living i don't know and maybe maybe there is a whole um mass part of the population that agrees with that and wants to go along with it. So right, but it, either way, they should be given the choice. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we have no idea if they if they could win the hearts and minds um, argument because mm. they're not allowing us to do it. Mm. They're just doing it, and yeah. that tells me that from what they've gamed out, they don't think they can win it the regular way. Because I mean, why would you do all this extra crap if if it was like if the future is so obvious then you know yeah. the, uh, like uh, smartphones w nobody did anything special 
to promote them. They were a vastly better thing. They replaced anything we could do. And the adoption was global within a decade. So like those things will take care of themselves. So really a lot of this must be about control because there's, I, I can't, I can't look at it in any other way because the evidence very clearly shows that the free market of ideas is much better than any government group of ideas. Yeah. Um, so well, what do I know I'm just a historian, so no. Okay. <laughs> Your insights, dude, are um, you know critical. You are you're um, up. The, you're not getting the. Um, the coverage and the uh, well, I would say, academic um, respect that you should get for the work that you've you've done, and that's well, life sucks, dude. Welcome to the suck. What can I say? Yeah, I, <laughs> um, I mean, well, what sucks? I like I don't even care about that, but what sucks is that they're ignoring the truths that I've been trying to bring. And that has consequences that causes damage unnecessarily. And so like, I'm okay with, I've been okay with, you know, not being the center of the, the attention and everything, whatever. If Alina Chan can, can gobble up attention, give her whatever, as long as the truth comes out, but that's not what's happening right now. And, so, you know, when things like what Jay did or anything else, all it's doing is preventing these truths that I keep hearing from people. Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That, that looks a lot like the direction we need to go. In fact, Jay said that. Yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is, but I know that it's, it's down this path. Uh, it's a quote from Jay. And so for him to say that, and then try to marginalize me, it's illogical, even if it's not, even if it wasn't bad, <laughs> I'm to try to do that. It's illogical because if he actually believed that, then what is his goal if he doesn't want to win? Mm. I don't know. I really don't. Well, you know, um, I would give him the, I, I don't think he wants to see this, Orwellian infrastructure put into place. No, neither right? do I. Uh, uh, um, right. So, you know, we can um, concede that he's being a good faith actor in that space. Um, the the issue being, um, well, you know, this is just obviously my uh, conclusions, what have you. I think we have a very, very small window in which, to, in which we're able to sort of effect some sort of change uh, on these systems that they want to um, put into place, and it would seem put into place quite uh, forcefully, without the what we would expect with respect to um, the political process, right? That's the, that's how it's supposed to work, and you know there should be votes on uh, measures that are taken, etc. And all that all that seems to be being bypassed for a 
an end goal that we're not sure if it's benign for us, right? To to right to untermensch. <laughs> they get pushed around. The oi pugoi, yes. And you know, the, it it comes down to they know in their calculations that there's far far more of us than there are of them, and where it history being an indicator should we should the should the populace be so upset with the ruling classes it tends to it tends to end up with ruling classes um I say swinging from ropes or um you know looking at guillotine blades historically now whether that's the case right now and we can affect change and you know this is I, I I thought a lot about our last conversation and you know it we we, we were discussing about how, how they would sort of implement control and the, the strategy behind that which is okay they hard point areas and then and then they let the country sort of cannibalize itself in a um, I don't know Holodomor type scenario and right like like good historical um transformation leaders you know mm. well <laughs> actually i guess if, you, if stalin is your leader then yeah. right. yeah but but that's that's the metric i think we have to use i i keep making the argument that this is 21st century bolshevism being pushed onto it's idiocy yeah bolshevism was the worst example but i mean it's it's just idiotic it's it's selfish on the part of whatever the ruling class is and it's ultimately like it, it it's terrible like <laughs> i don't really have other other uh, ways to describe it it's just fucking terrible and the fact that anybody thinks that this is okay is horrific we've got a well the, I, I, we have a middle class i would say at the moment and you know i in that i would sort of class the academics and the you know the mm, uh, you know at the, the same scale but like politicians etc you know all all those that consider themselves just above he said the hoi polloi right that they that they still are going to be able to benefit from the system change and um well in well i just think back to my position would i would would i had had i continued down the path of um brain modulation behavioral detection and be in a position where um i would be benefiting from these types of systems the system would be interested in me and thus be um opening or or, or making life comfortable um how how many how many me's does it take to facilitate and not speak up in the current environment uh well there's a million scientists all of whom, I have no idea what the actual number is, it's more than that, but 
of it presumably there's a million who know enough about certain facets of it to know that fuck that things were happening and yet stayed silent so, or, or actively helped it uh, <laughs> if not being contributing to it yeah and you know the, the the classic example of that is just um, Anderson and the Scripps Institute and them receiving you know nice 10 million dollar I forget the name of the grant now Centers for Emerging Infectious Diseases I think a creed something like that um, oh yeah but I mean that, that was only one and mm. they've I mean th th in May of this year the Fauci doled out 577 million for um uh, for antivirals, it didn't include fusion inhibitors, which they all knew about. Mm -hmm. And th that went to nine centers, five of which um, were tied to, you know, the proximal origin group. Uh, out of nine. <clears throat> and you, I, I would make the presumption that the, uh, the other four are going to be inducted into... Um this ideology uh, well i read the after action um and and this this like panel there's like a panel prior to the, or just after the doling out of his money or something like something concurrently with it where they were, it was like a big antiviral study group that came out with recommendations and when you read the after action report of those meetings and like the all the recommendations once again no fusion inhibitors zero it was all uh, proteus inhibitors, largely like remdesivir, or you know, or just other antivirals that. But ignoring what the Chinese and other people around the world, like twelve different versions, like twelve different things have already been tested in vivo, in vitro, and shown to work as pan coronavirus inhibitors, and they, the NIH has funded zero. And that included all of the major players in that meeting. And that was in 2021. Well, you know, it's obvious that the focus wants to go down genetic um, transfection techniques. And, you know, we there are the next generation, as they're calling them, which are sort of nasal sprays to go in and um, affect change. And um, that that bothers me even more for the following reasons, that that might be, an optimal pathway to um, stop viral propagation and spread. It may work brilliantly, but the problem with it is, it is it, almost it, certainly does. If it if it is so effective, then what that does is that greases the wheels for these vaccine passports because they'll say, "Oh, there's no excuse for you to not have them." Right. Of course, they, they'll, they'll conveniently leave out the part where they already knew this. They already knew that the mucosa is where you develop this response. So that would also be where you'd send antivirals to be most effective. <laughs> like, they've already known all of this. But yes, you're right. They would gaslight and spin it to their advantage while conveniently ignoring the horrific facts that they already knew this. They could have done it, and they didn't on purpose and and that's like that's i think my mission like when i i when i think about okay what, what am i trying to do 
I'm just trying to get to a point where I can provide that to the public and say, so, so where they can't do this anymore. So I can say, hey, look, whether it be in testing, whether it be in diagnosis, whether it be in um, treatment or prophylaxis or whatever, they knew explicitly what worked and what didn't, and they did the opposite, and they censored anyone who tried in science, who tried to point these things out. I mean, they censored, they, they dropped the, the, un, the Pratt Hen et al. paper, they dropped uh, two papers other than that that talked about T cell infection, um, obviously ivermectin, and like, so all of these things, they were intent on protecting themselves and willing to allow millions of people to die when we had solutions. And, and the public, once the public understands that, then I think my job is done because the, that truth is enough to, to, to blow it open. But that's the truth that they don't want people to know. But it, be, it, it begs the question of if they were trying to cover their backsides, right? And so to, to go to the extent which we've seen them go, why, why wouldn't they allow the most effective therapies out there to shut things down uh, it, uh, I'm talking about disease to stop the disease in its tracks so uh, I, I, again this <laughs> this this points to something you know a, a, a conductor or, or, or operator above what we've got what we're privy to saying we have we're going in this direction and you know again um conflict and war is just politics in a in a different um different format right and um <laughs> they're tenderizing us this is quite coney yeah I, um i i'm i'm inclined to agree with that position that they're they're, they're they obviously they obviously they knew that they could have done better and they intentionally did the opposite so the only conclusion that you can draw is that the reason they didn't do it is because they, they saw more benefit for them in allowing it to happen in ways that they could control than in actually solving the problem using science. They betrayed science. Yeah. There, there's no, and that's the fact that that is so obvious. Once people like understand these concepts, like that's the point we need to get to. Because once the public understands that, they can't hide behind any of this bullshit. Because in every case, we can just say, okay, well, here's all the evidence that shows you knew exactly what to do and you did the opposite. And so it's a step, it's, it's a necessary component to the, the censorship because it wasn't just censorship. It was what were they censoring? It was so important. And what they were censoring is the ability for the public to be given the information that would show that they were full of shit and they knew it. It's, it's obstruction of justice on a global scale. It's obstruction of justice for crimes against humanity, which makes it even worse. That, that they, this entire thing, regardless of, once again, regardless of who made it or if it's bioweapon or whatever, we don't even need to know that to know that they fucked us on purpose they allowed millions of us to die when they could have prevented it, or they could have prevented 
virtually all of it, even if it was accidental. And that's, that is, that is unforgivable. And the public must understand that. And, and it, it pulls us inexorably to the conclusion that the end point is not, is not going to be benign for the mass population. There's already been damage done. So, but from what I can see, there is, there is no justification that rises high enough that could justify even what we've already experienced in terms of loss of freedom, loss of life, whatever the cause. So um, anything that happens from now on is just, is just further collateral damage that once again could have been avoided. There's no other way to look at it. Um, so just an update here. So Shia is saying um, H1N1 was being reported. It, it, yeah, um, Shia, we looked and yeah, H1N1 is circulating with H3N2 as well. Um, we we sort of confirmed that. And um, they're saying hospitals are full and people are told to stay home if sick. So... Hmm. Well, <laughs> of course, of course they are. Mm. Of course they are. Yeah. So, <laughs> and again, you know, what's the what's the trigger here? And you know, that the, the you you said, but basically, we're we're on on a track where we've got a, a year, right? If I remember correctly, what you said last time before things uh, <clears throat> potentially spiral to... out of control. Um, well, I mean, well, so in the United States, we're, we're, I would like to think we're more than a year behind Europe, but, but once again, at any time, they can just kill all power. Like they, they can go super drastic. And I mean, I, I think they want to avoid that because that would hurt them. <laughs> so they want to do whatever they can to protect their own interests, which I think is the only thing that keeps them from doing, you know, whatever they would be most direct is simply because it would hurt their, them. It would hurt them. It hurt their daily life. And so they're not willing to do that. But they are willing to drag this out and hide the truth from us and gaslight us ad infinitum. Well, which which kind of yeah. pulls us into this idea of uh, UN twenty 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 thirty that they've got milestones that they're aiming for for um, programs that they're they've initiated, and yeah, it's just the the the, the takeaway here is is that they're they're winning. They're setting the pace. Their programs are in place, and whatever whatever waves we make with respect to, you know, the, the current circumstances, they they must have gamed it in the calculation that they can handle um, anything that we throw back with respect to um, forms of resistance. So yeah, obviously censorship being one of the primary ones, but I'm, I would have to make the presumption that they've calculated in the, um, 
more aggressive resistance. So they, especially, and this applies to the U.S. because Europe is Europe's neutered anyway, right? So they they will just push Europe along, and there'll be, uh, I think, very very little in terms of um, resistance there. You know, th we're watching them turn over the Dutch farmers, the French, and their protests are always handled because they're essentially um, they're disarmed so it comes down to what's what's the tactical position with respect to the US and I, I would have to make the presumption that they're ready to go in and wrap up veterans and those that they think are um, well I don't know. <laughs> In my mind, they're, they're they're constitutional purists, Charles. But you know, inconvenient voices. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if it's Hotez di dictating the um the public dialogue, it's it, we're all right wing Nazis. Of course. And and so thus we can well. <laughs> and so censoring us isn't just like an unfortunate consequence. It's, it's, it's a vital, like it, like it has to be done because we are so threatening that. Mm. I mean, we we are the literal reincarnation of Nazis, and we we know what happened last time when we were you know a, a, um, appeasing them, and that's literally what he's claiming. When the opposite is true, when it's they're the ones burning books, they're the ones. Um, you know, putting marks on people and making them um, like differentiating out special classes of, of people worth, you know, less and worth more. Uh, they are literally doing what they're claiming. <laughs> people who, who actually believe in the constitution are, are, are saying, and it's like, it, that's even like, it, it's just an even bigger gaslight. But they're not going to stop, and censorship is is the match that allows them the gaslight. Yeah, man. That's exactly what it is. It's a serious, serious state of affairs, folks. <laughs> can I? What can I say? I mean, I I, I guess we Merry have Christmas. To... Yeah, Merry <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Maybe the last one. Um. So, you know, I guess, I guess, I guess what we should do. I, I I've got to wrap up because the kids are. Um, got to get to bed. Um, the well, uh, to be honest, so do I. Because oh yeah, you must have been up hours. all night. <laughs> so, um, but I think I think what we what might be a useful exercise is go listen to that Twitter space, um, and then I, I think then we can sort of formulate more the discussion because they're bringing it into you know the public consciousness the idea of this yeah. fifth generation um warfare now to be honest i think uh, like in my initial hot take reflecting upon our conversation i think we actually did a pretty good job of of, of kind of analyzing the you know the positives and negatives and then within the bigger context uh, I, I really do think that like i've learned like i've been able to to 
to put some things together like in a better explanatory way it's helped me so i mean i like i think once again i think this is the path we're on the right path and we just need to keep pushing this path because um we're coming up with like good analyses of the problems and we just need to get them out there so i think well, that, I, I, like, I i'm actually proud of this stream now i, I might listen to it tomorrow and think it's terrible but I don't know. I think I think no, we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, it, it it was good, and you know, the, I, I I guess you know the the initial part was the more sort of focused analysis, which is look, keep be aware that they're going to push in in a direction that well, it's going to cover their ass and sort of basically um, give us an other uh, enemy to focus on, and you know, this is the Chinese bio warfare um, programs. Well, okay, uh, that's yeah. We we should focus on them, but there's others as well that we have to keep an eye on. And um, you know, this is, um, you know, we 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 need other people doing the political analysis, the network analysis. We have to be, you know, um, well, critical of our own positions as well, and. Um, uh, just, just keep keep moving forward. You know, I'd like, I'd, I'd like to speak to uh, Andrew, because um, I, I want to. I'd like to pick his brain just ab about the nature of um, the tuned. What, what I see is tuned bioweapons and tuned medical countermeasures that they could bring into play in the in the current framework right but but jc's already made it very clear that we're not allowed to to do that so because <laughs> otherwise we're perpetuating the narrative right <laughs> so i just caution you just right. let you know which is a it's a stupid position um to take right um you know i would like i say i'm i'm skeptical of well not skeptical is the wrong word I'm, I'm, I, I want to be cautious about individuals who we know are or were operating in that program space, right? And so that includes Andrew and it includes Robert Malone. But again, I want to, I, I would sort of stress, um, you know, do, do, you, do, do you purity spiral in such a manner that you shut off information that could be available that could help uh, uh adaptive response and potentially any pushback that we that we have and you know well the answer is no the, the answer is no the, the, which is why i'm so proud of you know the altmetric score for my <laughs> my paper because yeah it was 100 percent social media so the bottom line is is that it's getting truth out like we don't have all the answers but that's what we have to be doing mm -hmm. and so this notion it, if i have i've not come across a situation yet and where in which somebody who has something to offer must be unworthy because you know if we're gonna if we're gonna win this battle we we can't do it that way okay um the 
whatever's happening, we are the victims of something. And we're trying to figure out what it is that we're the victims of. And so just because we interact with people who may have had parts to play in it at some point, it, that's irrelevant. Anywhere that I can find answers, I will go. And I'm, I'm not stupid. If like, I can discern the difference, you know, I mean, to the, based on the knowledge that I've acquired and if I'm wrong, so be it. But I've trusted I, my I, judgment I, this far. I, I've had it, people like, to, to anything else is just insane. It's just insane. Yeah. I've had people say to me, literally, because you've been in the military, we can't, we can't trust, um, of what course, it is that you've been I must, because I must, because I must be part of the narrative. Mm. It's stupid. Yeah. That, that was part of JC's argument, which is dumb because what we exposed is not beneficial to the military. <laughs> My very first article after we released the diffuse documents was talking about um, the vaccines. Why? Because that's exactly why it was being used in the first place to attack the vaccine because we were trying to warn people <laughs> that it's bigger than just this gain of function bullshit, okay? That the implications of this are that they lied to us because they knew. It's not because gain of function is terrible or not. It's because this is evidence that they knew what they were talking about and they lied and did the opposite. And, and so to paint it as anything else is insane. To, to paint it as if the DOD is gonna come knocking on my door um, and give me medals for this is retarded. Mm. Is retarded. The Secretary of Defense does not is not happy with what I did. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I, I would. It's just, just dumb. It's dumb. It's so dumb. And our intention here is, um, we want to improve our military posture, right? It's... Right. Of course. Our actual like, I'm actually concerned about other threats, not just you know, from our own government and the deep state, whatever, but like for any number of reasons, we need to have a healthy military. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that I'm prior military and the fact that this came from a military, like that's irrelevant. What is the truth that is, what is it pointing to? And it's pointing to actual evidence. And until you have something better, like, I mean, you can, I've been called, I was told that because I was on Fort Belvoir at one point that that I must be part of like a CIA operation or something, or, or that I must be part of DITRA. <laughs> okay. Oh. I was on Fort Belvoir in 2018 for PTSD treatment. And I said that <laughs> in this chat room. And it was just a private drastic chat with other people that we interact with. Uh, and so somebody it, was like, here's a question. Somebody who now trusts me, like at the time, he started introduced himself to me by saying, oh, well, you must be like deep state because you're on Fort Belvoir. I was like, uh, uh, did you hear why I was <laughs> It was insane, but, but yes, I've, I've dealt with, with the gamut of people. I just don't talk about it because I mean, it's, it's pointless. And, um, I'm sorry. I know I interrupted you. But... No, 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 no. I mean, it was, it was, it was, you kind of answered the question anyway, but the, the, what came up in the chat was, are you still under the equivalent of the Official Secrets Act? Um, and I would um, have, yes, uh, for I mean, some aspects, right? You must be. Sure. I mean, like I had a clearance and there's things I don't talk about, but 
diffuse was an unmarked set of documents. And I'm a private citizen. The only thing, only connection I have is I get disability. So, like, if if they stop that, I mean, I guess that would suck, yeah. But, I mean, that doesn't mean that I'm beholden to the, the VA. I mean, I rag on the VA all the time. <laughs> like, the Department of Defense doesn't owe me anymore. Uh, if they tried, I mean, I already gave up my fucking house. So, like, I don't know what else I have to prove to people that, well, <laughs> JC says that that wasn't really a sacrifice, but, um, you know, whatever. The bottom line is, is that that if I wanted, to, like if, if I was owned, I would not be doing what I'm doing right now. I just wouldn't. And if and if I can't publicly ex show like all the evidence behind that, I don't give a shit. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for all of you. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. you know, just see what I'm doing. <laughs> don't worry about what other people say about me. Just see what my actions are. And I think they speak loud and clear so I, mean, I don't worry about any of that other crap because i know what i'm doing and my actions speak should speak yeah. for themselves yeah and this is this is what i would say is just um look at people's actions and you know is it i know i said we'd wrap up but you know i i've, I've sort of pointed at um rfk's very very close associations with Epstein networks okay um that it, it's not it's not that's not conspiracy it's incontrovertible the photographic evidence is there etc and but um for the time being if what he's doing is well, it's pushing and nudging the needle in the right direction I'm not I'm not gonna spend all my time focused on um trying to bring him bring him down or uh, or um break what they're what they're trying to do at children's health defense what i do have is a concern that he's open to manipulation because that's how um that upper classes are controlled somewhat right it's the blackmail networks and the, the problem being that people will aggregate around uh, uh, an individual who has public exposure and then and then they can um, mold where people go and and it's it's just a risk that I I would um, ask people to factor into their calculation but well, again I mean, that's it's that's exactly what JC did was try to um, try to discredit us as if we weren't you know like he was trying to to do that which once again like as you just said that is the opposite of what we need to be doing right now it's just the opposite and it's so, so so you know those are actions to be looking at right um and you know and, you know, I, I didn't come out and say like that at the time, but th that is in effect what, what was happening. Okay. And those actions speak loudly because I know <laughs> a lot about all these situations. And so if, if other people don't understand that, you know, I can sit here and try to explain it, 
and maybe, you know, try to patch up some of what of dings that he tried to put on there. But but the bottom line is, is that all the time that I spend doing that just takes me away from what we actually should be doing. And so what it means is that I can either ignore it and keep pushing forward and just accept that, you know, I'm going to get tarred and feathered for, you know, whatever reasons, for no reason. And, or I can, I can do the selfish thing and just do nothing but, but try to tear him down. But I can't, if I actually believe in my heart, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, then my actions need to be continuing to do this. So, and once again, that's, this is what I'm doing for a reason, because this is more important than my reputation, than, you know, than anything else. So if, if it takes five years for people to understand that, so be it. It sucks. Don't get me wrong, it sucks. But it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make because, because I'm not doing this room. Well, yeah, and, and I hope that someday people understand that. We're in, we're in dire circumstances. And like I say, if we've moved the needle enough, like I say, that, that Twitter spaces and, um, you know, that platform has um, opened us up or opened up the dialogue that people are now beginning to think in these the, the terms that we're talking about the frameworks that we're using which i'm of the opinion that we need to solve this problem because we can once it's defined we can then say we want the we want the opposite of what it is that they're trying to introduce and so you know hopefully the end point is that we can bring in a rule set that you know has an impact that something like Nuremberg did, and you know we know that there was paperclip and all sorts of um, back hat, back channel shit that went on in in history. But and we can expect the same to come again, but we can we can constrain it. I guess is the the, the conclusion here. And you know, Charles is doing a stand-up job for doing that. We wouldn't we wouldn't be halfway near as close to the targets we are right now without his work. And um, yeah, I'm. I think that's a a, a good place to uh, to to wrap it up. So, so I don't know if I'll speak to you before Christmas Day. I'll probably on skype i will but um presumably um but uh if we stream again i don't know maybe after christmas what is what's the day? It's 22nd today so it's just three days away. Uh, yeah um but yeah I'll, 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 for people listening i'll probably um get another stream in before christmas day um quite kindly says charles is there anyone in congress that understands what is happening um, the the closest person would be Senator Ron Johnson. Uh, there are there are there are many people digging into this right now, but he is head and shoulders above everybody else, from what I can see. And is he speaking to Rand Paul? And I I don't get why those aren't. Um... Yes, he is. He's working with Rand Paul. Hmm. Why why aren't they more public? <laughs> I guess is the question in the in there. Uh, 
interaction? I I don't have all the answers, and my goal is to is to help them as directly as I can. So that's that's what I'm trying to do right now is is get into position where I can help them more directly. Yeah, and well, let's let's hope that the they don't get sucked down just the China China route right now. I guess. Well, it, it, it's it, it's our job if 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 we know and we see things that aren't seen by everybody. It's our job to do everything we possibly can to to make it so that other people see them. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's easier when we're not fighting against each other. But so be it. We'll do it. I mean, I'm not going to stop until it's done, and then you're out. So we'll get there. We'll be dead. Uh, yeah. Um, well, so I guess I don't know that if we could maybe get Andrew on to sort of discuss this. I'd let, and you know, I don't know, you speak to Robert Malone as well. Um, but you know, fifth generation warfare, well, folks. I'm still waiting for that too. So next generation warfare. That's right. Yeah, and um, you know, the the more the more there's this dialogue out there, the more people listen to it, the 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 better position we'll be in. I think. All right, uh, I'll let you go, dude. <laughs> it's probably daylight coming up where you are, right? Uh, we've got about 30 minutes for that. Maybe. Okay. So, uh, I'll wish you uh, a, a good a good day, I guess, uh, if you're going to go to sleep. But um, take care, bro, and uh, thank you for your time. All right. Have a good day, yeah. night, whatever. Yeah, it's night time. <laughs> got to get the kids to bed. So. All right. Take care, dude. All right, so boom, uh, Charles is uh, out of here. Um, I'm gonna can I get out of this. Do this. Um, yeah, I'm gonna wish everyone a do it. If you appreciated the stream, please uh, go to McCann Dojo. Um, support support the doc in his fight. <laughs> Needs it. Uh, Griff links there, and um, yeah, I've still got. Uh, couple of things I want to stream about before Christmas and I'll try I'll try to do that um, in the meantime everyone God bless I will see you in the next one bro you don't know how angry I am you do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work you do not understand how fucking pissed off after reading that little line I will be arrested for most taking a fucking vaccine fuck these peppers I will fucking kill each fucking kappa! I swear! This is not a fucking joke anymore! This is fucking dead serious! I am fucking dead serious! These people don't know who the fuck they actually saying. Fuck these chappers! No fucking vaccine or MRA or hemophrodes in my fucking blood blood! Never! I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage! Motherfuckers! All that fire. This guy. Send tech 45,000. Let up! 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 Let